Welcome, traders, to the SPACs attack. Let's get this show started. How we doing, traders? Welcome and welcome to the SPACs Attack, the best SPAC show in the world. So if you like your SPACs, definitely hit me up with a thumbs up. You guys already know, over my shoulder, Betsy Cohen coming up next, guys. We're going to be getting through our headlines, but of course, like every day, we go to our expert here. My brain to this show, you guys already know, Chrisopedia. Or some know him as Chris Ketch. <laughs> What's going on, brother? How, how was the weekend? Hey, I enjoyed it. I, I definitely had some fun time watching the Derby, watching a little bit of my Formula One. So I had some good time on Sunday. And, and at the end of the day, got to give the blessings blessings because we get interviews like this coming up. And, and I'm definitely excited to get through the week. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm super excited about this interview. We, we've been trying to get this one, you know, for a little while on our show. Shout out to Zoli, the man behind the scenes, working hard to, to bring all these cool interviews, you know, to really dive in, get that due diligence out there, the background on some of these SPAC deals. So, you know, we, we have a pioneer in the SPAC game, you know, on the show today, Betsy Cohen, a, a member of SPAC's Attack's own SPAC Hall of Fame, you know, for completing so many deals, and she's still got some SPACs out there searching. So I'm excited to dive in, really hear more about some of those deals and also what she thinks is ahead of SPACs, right? We've heard a lot of news of, you know, there could be changes coming from the SEC. Uh, you know, SPACs have kind of been attacked. So, you know, I'm excited to hear more. Well, 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 you know, as we as we had her on the SPAC Hall of Fame, you guys already know I'm super excited to get towards this interview. But in, before then, let's go ahead and let's get to our headlines. So take us back, Chris. All right, guys. Yeah, before we get into that interview, we do have some notable news out there and also one deal that was announced this morning. So want to get through uh, over the weekend, we did have VSPR, that merger was approved on Friday. So the new ticker is going to be SKIN Skin, um, that is Hydrafacial. Um, it's one to, you know, definitely keep an eye out. Let's see how that reacts to the completed deal. And then this morning, we got some news out of Tattooed Chef, so ticker TTCF. Um, they raised their fiscal 2021 sales guidance from 222 million to a range of 235 to 242 million. That's ahead of the street consensus of 224 million. And then also announced an agreement to a acquire a New Mexico uh, or New Mexico food distributors um, and also a, a Karsten tortilla factory. Um, so a couple acquisitions, then also raising guidance. So a lot of positive things out there from TTC up this morning. This is one, you know, that I mentioned uh, being a possible, uh, you know, good SPAC for 2021. So keep an eye out here. Then we do have CFAC, CF Finance Acquisition Corp. 3. 
merging with AI, a, a LIDAR company. The new ticker will be LIDR. So pretty notable news today. They amended their merger agreement. They actually changed the amount. So now AI will be valued on a pre-merger basis of $1.52 billion instead of $1.9 billion originally announced in February. And that merger does remain on track now. Um, but interesting to see the, the valuation change. Um, maybe we can get into that after the interview. That's something we can definitely talk about this week. Because I think now this could be the tipping point and we could see several of these deals announced back in January and February. You know, when valuations were all-time highs, they could come down, um, you know, to get these deals to go through. We have Playboy PLBY, you know, one of the hottest SPACs out there in 2021. They have a NFT launch happening tomorrow on Nifty Gateway, which is one of the largest uh, sale platforms for NFTs. Um, you know, shares have been trading significantly higher over the last couple of weeks. They are down slightly today, but this is one that's been over $50. Um, you know, the NFT news really helping propel that. So watch for headlines tomorrow on that NFT launch. We have Genius Sports recently uh, despacked ticker G-E-N-I. Uh, so they announced today that they are acquiring FanHub, a free-to-play game provider, no financial terms disclosed. FanHub was founded in 2012, offers three core services, games, betting, and social activation. Um, so fantasy sports, trivia, bracket challenges, pick'em contest. They have partnerships with the NFL, MLB, Betway, PointsBet, Buffalo Wild Wings, DraftKings, and more. Over 110 live products, more than 3 million active users, so this is a pretty big deal for Genius Sports because they're going to be able to diversify their product offerings. They also highlighted that they can, this can help with fan engagement and create a more personalized user experience. Um, you know, so really getting into some of those fantasy games, the daily games. And they said there are several opportunities um, to really grow the FanHub brand and also with monetization. Um, so keep an eye out with Genius Sports here. Then over the weekend, we got um, earnings from Berkshire Hathaway, of course, Warren Buffett, one of the most well-known names in the financial world. So one of the items that he did talk about was SPACs. Um, so he said that the SPACs generally have to spend their money in two years. If you have to buy a business in two years, you put a gun to my head and said, you've got to buy a business in two years. I'd buy one, but it wouldn't be much of one. And he essentially said that they're not competitive with SPACs right now, so that they will not be doing as many acquisitions right now, uh, you know, with all the SPACs out there searching for targets. So, you know, some interesting comments from Warren Buffett here on SPACs and how it affects, you know, his business model going forward. Then on uh, Friday, GMI iShares were up 0.4%, ending slightly positive on that definitive agreement with Sonder. And then HCIC, which had the rumor with uh, Plus, shares were up 1.3% on Friday. And then we do have a rumor out today. So Israeli video advertising company Innovid in talks to go public. Uh, the ticker mentioned was IACB. This rumor is from Calculist, which again, you know, is notable with these Israeli companies. It's pretty spot on normally. So keep an eye out on IACB video advertising, you know, definitely a, a growing market. I have not dove into if that company, you know, does those pro 
programmatic ads that, uh, you know, Mitch and I have talked about before, but keep an eye out on IACB with that rumor. And, and then our one deal announced today, it's a rather large bio deal. The ticker is MAAC. So uh, Roviant Sciences announcing the SPAC deal with Montez Archimedes acquisition uh, values the company at $5 billion. So Rovia is a drug discovery company with ownership stakes in several public and private companies. Um, so the they have a three-year lockup for some of the founder shares and $15 and $20 price points. Um, current shareholders will own 5.6% um, if you own MAAC shares. And, and this is going to help accelerate their funding through 2024 with gross proceeds of $611 million. They have over 40 drugs in development, including eight that have had positive phase three studies. Ownership stakes in public companies include uh, Immunovant, IMVT, uh, Arbutus Biopharma, ABUS, and Cyogene Therapies, SIOX. They also have a $3 billion upfront deal with Sumitomo Danapon for selling off several companies and then also a chance to sell more in the future. In 2021, several readouts um, and drug filings could happen. Um, so definitely one to watch as it will get news. And then also Palantir uh, among the investors on the pipe. We've actually seen Palantir now uh, invest in several of these SPAC deals um, that kind of involve, you know, machine learning or AI behind the scenes. So keep an eye out on MAAC shares. We're up 2% this morning. Um, looks like we're we're just up 1.4% right now. Um, so not sustaining those gains. And, and then turning to our calendar, we're starting to hit an exciting time. So we have that vote for EXPC happening on May 5th this week. We have earnings from Skills tomorrow. And then on the 6th, we have earnings from MP Materials. And on Friday, we have earnings from DraftKings and Nikola Motors. So lots of exciting news for some of these despacked companies. That's what I've got, Mitch. Headlines, that one deal, and then you know, taking a look at that calendar. All right. How we doing? How we doing, guys? Well, definitely, definitely smash the like, guys, if you guys got some value from those headlines. Um, some of the things that I'm going to be paying attention to is, of course, that NFT game. You guys know it. I'm getting bigger and bigger on NFT. Uh, Chris, I just wanted to tell you, man, this weekend I spent a lot of time looking at different strategies, different ways that we can start dipping our toes even more in the NFT game. So just look out, guys. Maybe Chris and I do a, a, a once a week show on, on just NFTs, but we'll definitely be looking at that. And of course, with that being mentioned, you just mentioned Playboy. And then also just just to put it out there so everybody knows, 5-5, five, five, Gary V. Yeah, May 5th, NFT. Gary, Gary V dropping a, a line of NFTs. We're super excited about that. We, of course, had Gary on the show not too long ago. You know, there's lots of big names getting into NFTs and there, there's really a lot of interest here and a lot of opportunities. The, Mitch, the other headline I saw this morning on Benzinga Pro is eBay, right? E-B-A-Y, the ticker. eBay is exploring ways to sell NFTs on their platform. So, you know, there's kind of been talks about this for a while, right? There's lots of, uh, you know, like Nifty Gateway and others that help users sell NFTs, but none of the big boys ha have gotten into it yet. But it looks like eBay wants a piece of that pie. So we could see NFTs, you know, 
easily resold on a platform like eBay. So keep an eye out for that. All right, guys, up next, we are going to be getting into our interview in just a short minute here. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that, you know, wh- why did we reach out to, you know, to Betsy Cohen? And, you know, really, the big reason is she's part of the SPAC Hall of Fame, guys. These are some of the legends that we've definitely uh, noted. And one of the things that we've always mentioned since the beginning, I think, of SPACs is management teams. Management teams definitely matter. And who's behind the company definitely matters. So that's a a big reason why we're going to be getting into uh, that interview today. But one of the things that I wanted to point out, guys, and 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 this is so we can talk about some of the companies mentioned and talk about where she's a part of, is I'm going to bring up here, guys, uh, this is going to be – uh, Chris's article here, guys. So if you guys don't know, my man, there's a reason why they call him Chris Opedia down below me. It, it's because he does such great articles. And, and then we could talk about some of these facts under here that are under the belt. So Chris, go ahead. I'll let you lead. Yeah, and I just dropped that link in the chat. So guys, you know, Betsy Cohen's been doing these SPAC deals for, you know, more than five years. So, you know, they definitely have become more interesting and hotter over the last year. But she's been in this game for a while. So past deals, you know, include um, we've got Metro Mile, ticker M-I-L-E. We've got Paya Holdings, P-A-Y-A. We've got International Money Express, I-M-X-I. Also in 2016, Card Connect Corp went public in a SPAC merger with the first fintech acquisition corp SPAC. And then it was actually acquired for $15 a share later on. So that one didn't even last that long, um, you know, once that SPAC deal was done. That was just her dipping the toes, right, Chris? Dipping the toes. That was the first one, really, really dipping the toes. And, you know, it was a successful one, right? A 50% return, um, you know, for shareholders along the way. And I, I don't think that deal took very long. And then we also have three pending deals still working out right now. So, of course, the large one, eToro, going public with FTCV. We have Perella Weinberg going public with FTIV and Payoneer going public with FTOC. And then also several uh, SPACs out there still looking for targets. So we have uh, FTAA, uh, HERA, and SCLE, and then a sixth FinTech Acquisition Corp SPAC has been filed, but has not uh, completed that offering yet. That one will be FTVI, um, you know, you, of course, trading as units. So lots of SPACs out there, you know, that have completed deals, have pending deals and are still searching for targets. So that's why we reached out. If there's if there's a person who knows the SPAC game, uh, you know, it's definitely Betsy Cohen. Uh, and like I said, you know, this this wasn't just this year. She's been doing this for five years and she is a legend in the fintech space. Um, so very excited to get her thoughts on, you know, SPACs and also some of these other uh, items, you know, really affecting fintech right now. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we're going to be getting into is kind of how I what I noticed. And I think uh, a lot of people read the article that was on Wall Street Journal um, and, and talked about how kind of, you know, this is something that, you know, she, she did back on that 2016 deal. And, and you know, it really felt that, you know, th- th- this was this was fun. This is what she likes doing. You know, she likes taking companies from the bottom or looking for a good opportunity and then taking that opportunity to 
fruition and then making a successful company. So we're excited to get into our interview. Looks like we're almost ready, guys. We'll, we'll be coming into it in about a minute or two here. Chris, anything you want to leave off before we get into our interview? No, you know, I, I'm super excited. Uh, I want to get into this interview. And then, Mitch, you know, maybe if we have time at the end, we, we can get into that uh, re-amended deal announced this morning, CFAC for AI, the LiDAR company. I, I think that's going to be a trend to watch to see if some of these valuations change along the way. So, you know, excited to get your thoughts on that as well and also share some more of mine. So very excited for this show today. All right. All right. So we're getting the questions. All right. Where is Betsy? Everyone wants to know where is Betsy? So guess what, guys? We'll get right to it. We'll get Betsy on here. Let's go ahead and let's go to our favorite time when we unlock SPACs. And it's what it's all about, guys, getting you guys the information and the leaders so you guys can be informed out there as retail traders. All right, guys. So joining us on SPACs Attack today, another exclusive interview. We have Betsy Cohen, the founder of the Bank Corp. That's ticker TBBK. Cohen has also launched numerous SPACs over the last five years, landing deals, has pending deals and more out there, still searching for targets. You heard me mention some of those tickers. And also Betsy is a member of SPACs Attack, SPAC Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show, Betsy Cohen. Thank you very much, Chris. Welcome, welcome. Like Chris said, you're definitely a member of our Hall of Fame, and we're looking forward to this interview. So I'll let Chris do some questions, and then I'll be back with some of my own. Well, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you You know, taking time out of what I'm sure is a, a busy, normal day for you, Betsy. So we'll dive into these questions. So you know, we talk all things SPACs on SPACs Attack here. You've been doing SPACs for several years. So, you know, the, the starter question here is why SPACs to bring some of these private companies public? Well, you know, I had the opportunity over uh, the prior 15 years prior to starting in the SPAC area uh, to run a company that touched hundreds and hundreds of growth companies. Uh, all of them were in the fintech area, which is the area that I really know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, it made me uh, look at companies in a slightly different way. Uh, recognize those that were situated uh, and scaling in order to get operating leverage and therefore uh, be able to access the capital, public capital markets. Uh, those that had good management, those were in the right place in the ecosystem. And so I uh, became interested in looking at companies that were not simply uh, starting up, uh, did not had not simply started uh, or identified a product had not simply begun to scale, but really had shown the capacity to do all those things and to become uh, what I call a, a good public company. Having that network and that uh, ecosystem at my fingertips, I looked then for a vehicle with which to uh, help these companies transition to the public markets and the SPAC vehicle itself, the legal structure, seemed to be the appropriate one. 
Awesome. So, you know, one of the things we're starting to see with SPACs is, uh, you know, the SEC getting involved and, you know, working on possibly changing the the deal structures. So what's next for SPACs? How do you see the the SEC's involvement possibly changing the market, um, you know, for the better and for the worse for SPACs here? Um, I think that uh, the SEC is concerned about uh, providing information that we think is very important for investors to have uh, with companies that are growing quickly and, and uh, marching into new markets, um, uh, which is the forward look of those companies and making sure that that information is indeed well-grounded. It's what we do for public companies that are giving guidance it's what is done for uh, mergers, uh, which need to show uh, a forward look of how two companies look together. So it's really just a continuation of oversight uh, on behalf of the SEC. Um, in a way, it allows target companies, management, uh, and investors to have a, a really clear look at the at the sponsors and recognize that one sponsor may be different from another. One sponsor in a given field uh, may know more than uh, a sponsor in a more general field. So uh, it sharpened people's views of what's important. And we think that's a good thing. Awesome. Well, appreciate your comments there. Yeah, you know, getting some more insight into some of these companies, I think could be a positive. Um, you know, over the weekend, we, we did hear some comments from Warren Buffett, uh, you know, of course, a legend in the investing world. So, you, you know, he he kind of criticized SPACs a little bit and in the process to have to buy a business in a two-year time frame. And, and then also said, you know, that uh it's kind of keeping competition away from him and he's not able to get as many deals done. So I'm curious, you know, your thoughts of Buffett's comments over the weekend of SPACs, you know, kind of hurting his own acquisition game and, and that two year time frame, you know, not being realistic always to get a deal done. Uh, let me start with a second. Uh, two year time frame should be just fine. Uh, sometimes uh, a SPAC will ask its investors for an extension because either it has found a company late in its cycle, uh, which it believes is a very good company, uh, or the process uh, itself has taken longer than one might have thought. So there are companies that need to have uh, regulatory approvals in a variety of areas and those approvals uh, may have taken longer than than necessary but two years seems like a reasonable cycle it's uh, investors are in essence providing spec sponsors with um, a kitty with a, an investment and saying go out and find me a good company and it shouldn't take uh, the sponsor longer, if, if a knowledgeable sponsor, longer uh, than that to do uh, to do the work. As to uh, making it uh, 
harder for Buffett to acquire companies. I'm not sure that I buy into that. Uh, I think what the SPAC phenomena have done is uh, to uh, make people aware of the fact that there's a, a third possibility uh, in terms of uh, transitioning from private to public. And uh, in addition to the IPO and the direct listing, it's just another pathway for a company to take and to the extent that uh, we've spent the last couple of years educating sellers, uh, private equity funds, boards of directors, management, etc. cetera, uh, I think we've done Buffett a service. Awesome. So, you know, you have several SPACs out there still searching for target companies. What's some of the key criteria, you know, that you look for um, with these acquired companies to get a SPAC deal done with one of your SPAC sponsors? We look for uh, good companies. We look for companies that have uh, in place good management, good operating systems, a well thought out business plan, an important place or to become an important place in the in the uh, market in which uh, they are uh, scaling and all the indicia of recurring income and et cetera, which make what can otherwise be a good private company, uh, a, a good company for the public to invest in. We have seen, you know, the new SPAC offering start to slow down a little bit over the past month. Um, you do have a one still out there, FinTech Acquisition 6. Do you have plans right now to, to keep doing SPACs? Um, and what would it take for, you know, FinTech Acquisition to, you know, stop offering uh, new SPACs out there? Uh, we think that the market still has a lot of legs, uh, not for everybody, but for many people. Um, there will be people who don't succeed. And uh, I think that's true and maybe healthy for every, uh, for every marketplace. Um, we think that there's still a number of excellent companies that should take advantage of going from a private to a public company uh, via the SPAC route. So until we see that uh, dry up, uh, we, I think, will continue to work on making the specs that we offer uh, appropriate to the SEC guidance. Uh, and since that guidance has not been completed yet, uh, that may be why you haven't seen uh, FT6 uh, come forward. So I'm, I have a question for you, you know, involving SPACs and also, you know, the Bank Corp and, you know, just your daily routine. How has the pandemic changed, you know, your daily routine and also the deal making process? Well, I think we're all very fortunate that the pandemic and the rise of uh, Zoom and other platforms, uh, not unlike Zoom, came about at the same time. Without those platforms, I think we would have had a much uh, different experience. 
but people have adjusted and they've adjusted uh, to being two-dimensional people <laughs> instead of three-dimensional people. No hugs going around, no good lunches. Uh, but uh, that said, I, I, I do think that uh, the move to video conferencing has and will enable uh, many, many transactions to get done that would have been really super difficult uh, in another environment where it was assumed that all meetings should be in-person meetings. I was on the screen the other day with um, uh, a group uh, where one person was in in Europe, one was in the Middle East, one was in Southeast Asia, couple in California, and I was sitting in New York. That would have been a hard meeting to get together uh, uh, previously. So I think some of the benefits of video conferencing will be retained, but it's hard to replace uh, in-person meetings all the time. Yeah, great insight there. We've heard that from, you know, other people that we've interviewed that, you know, it has helped with the deal-making process, but but also not being able to do, you know, some of the face-to-face -face and, you know, that handshake sometimes, you know, takes away a little bit from, from the deal-making process. So, you, you know, Betsy, you've been involved in, in fintech, you know, for, for a long time here, but over the past couple of years, we've seen the rise of, you know, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. I, I'm wondering if you can share your thoughts, you know, for, from someone so, you know, well experienced in the fintech world. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin? Uh, I'm not sure that I have definitive views on the subject, but to uh, say I'm supportive of innovation I'm supportive of uh, finding new ways to uh, identify commodities because Bitcoin or dollars or yuan or anything else are simply um, commodities to be used, traded, uh, and uh, hopefully saved. Uh, so the opportunity to innovate within that what was once a very uh, narrowly defined commodity is in fact exciting it's like finding a new tomato awesome so i i know mitch is going to get into some of the specific companies but i have a couple questions around some of the past deals as well so we had paya holdings p-a-y-a -A, you know was one of the older spec the deals that you got done what was uh, the thesis behind, you know, bringing a company like Paya uh, public in the fintech space? Uh, Paya is a company that had an enormously well thought out business plan. It had, it was a payment company, but had identified, thought through and identified its verticals in a very sophisticated and um, a productive way. And so we felt that the opportunity to exploit those verticals was uh, an indicator of growth. And the growth had been shown uh, in, a, in previous years in the iterations and that we could ground uh, projections uh, in terms of uh, 
looking forward on real numbers. And then one of the recent deals announced that has gotten a lot of attention from the investment world is, of course, eToro going public with FTCV. So eToro has seen massive growth. How can a company like eToro, you know, continue on that growth projection moving forward? I think there are a lot of tailwinds for eToro. Uh, and eToro is not only uh, a trading platform, and millennials, as, as we know, uh, are trading more and more, but it's a, a company which is dedicated to educating uh, new investors. So you can come to the platform with uh, $100,000 of virtual money and learn your way. You can copy more sophisticated investors. You can talk to people who know more than you do all of this takes out the sort of gamifying piece, not entirely, of course, uh, because investing does have an element of, of that in it, whether you're 20 or 80, uh, and, but uh, gives the opportunity to new investors uh, to uh, hone their skills. And we think that that's a more and more important thing to do. Awesome. I, I'm going to bump over here to, to my co-host, Mitch. It, it looks like he's got some questions here. going to dive into some more of those specific deals. And then I'll be back with uh, some questions from the chat, maybe. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, I'll go ahead and I'll get into some of my questions. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, of course, Metro Mile. Um, you were named to the board of directors of Metro Mile, and it's one of my favorite the reason why is because before the pandemic, I mean, we all know um, how often people really drove. A lot of us drive under that 12,000 miles uh, per year. I think uh, I even drive less than that. I mean, I could say I drive like about 5,000 uh, miles per year. And, and so one of the things that I've been focusing on is this whole change in the in, in the industry uh, of insurance. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, one of the things that were recently released, and I'm going to go ahead and put it on the screen. Uh, definitely, guys, check out the shareholder letter for quarter four 2020. Um, they talked about how the underwriting report costs expected to reduce by 36 percent. Uh, the pulse drive costs reduced by 26 percent. So a bunch of cost reductions. So it's looking uh, good right now in our shareholder letter. How can pay per mile model and, and small company uh, compete with existing insurance companies that you're seeing right now, Betsy? Well, I think that, uh, you know, MetroMile has brought to the table a, a, a different and innovative look at the way in which insurance and risk, because insurance is all about calculating your risk, can be uh, defined. It's based in deep uh, tech, and the people who are leading the company are uh, certainly well-educated in that, have been thinking about this and testing the product over a very long period of time. Uh, I think the the belief is that as uh, the geography of the company expands uh, and the 
opportunity for people just like you, Mitch, who, and certainly like me, who drive much, much less than, uh, much, many fewer than 5,000 miles a year, recognize the cost benefit. Uh, I think uh, we'll all be uh, benefited by it. Uh, and that, that benefit will translate into more customers. I, I think that there's an opportunity for Metromile to really uh, uh, redefine automobile insurance. And to the extent that there are copycats out there, there will be, and good ideas are always copied. But the uh, development of this kind of risk analysis takes a very long period of time and investment all of which Metromile has already uh, expended. All right, so the next question I wanna get into is one of the trends that I've been noticing. I mean, one of the things with insurance is, is the risk, like you just mentioned. And so a future story that I feel we're gonna be running into that I like to focus on is autonomous driving and how that's gonna be playing into kind of the expenses of insurance and how that could also, I mean, make it cheaper for all of us. Um, so Betsy, can, can you explain to me what you think Metro Mile is keeping an eye out? I know they mentioned it a little bit in their share uh, holder letter that it could be a potential way for new drivers and kind of the reward the drivers that are using this technology. What do you think about this? Uh, I think it's yet to be tested. I think that it's you know, one of the things about Metro Mile that I think is is uh, so exciting is that they are riding the wave of newly accessible uh, technology. They couldn't have done this company five years ago or 10 years ago because the uh, telemetry for, uh, telematics, excuse me, for, uh, with, uh, in the cars themselves, and that's just the first step to an extended um, autonomous driving experience. You know, we're just not there. So all of the elements, not maybe not all, but many of the elements which make um, this kind of calculation of risk possible are in place today. And so the company, again, has tailwinds uh, going for it. All right. So the next question I want to get into is, of course, about Payoneer here. And uh, they're going public with FTLC and they reported fourth quarter volumes up 55 percent to 13.9 billion and revenues up 38 percent. One of the things that we've been trying to focus on is what is new and exciting for Payoneer here for investors that they might be sleeping on or missing out on? Um, I think that. Uh Pioneer, and again, you know, it sounds like, a, I may sound like a broken record, but it's really what we're looking for. Uh, Pioneer has spent the last 10 years building the layers of connectivity uh, between the base account and their small and medium-sized global uh, uh, players. And among those players themselves, the building of that kind of system is not an overnight event. Uh, they have 5 million global customers and they have uh, what they are doing well 
in addition to their current technology, is listening to the needs of these SMBs and being able, whether it's on automatic uh, calculation of uh, tax uh, or the ability to transfer funds uh, and in currencies from one payoneer user to another without cost. All of these things are elements that are not easily replicable. And the growth, uh, and we saw it in the pandemic, the growth of global uh, non-in-person shopping, because uh, this is a company that supports e-commerce, has just exploded. I don't think, again, as we were told, I was talking about with Chris, that the we're not going to just stop using Zoom. Uh, we're not going to stop ordering things uh, electronically either. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I always try to stay on is the trends. And I think social trends are so important. And you're talking about the acceleration of, of digitalization here, really. And it's mentioned in this investor presentation for Payoneer. And one of the questions that I want to get into is an expanded question from our chat. And, and that's what we love to do is we definitely like to get uh, questions from the investors in our audience. So they wanted to know, has this platform and kind of new global financial platform really taken a look at including, let's say, Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies? Is that something that you think you could see in the works? Oh, absolutely. You know, as they're not going to make the trend, but can I think the underlying question is, can they respond to the trend? And there's no reason. Bitcoin is just um, an alternative currency. Uh, it's not just, but it is an alternative currency. And so uh, uh, there's no reason why Payoneer uh, will not put that in their multi-currency account. Awesome. Looks like we're going to dive into some more questions from the chat here, if you don't mind, Betsy. So um, up first, I've got a question from a user, Internet Enforcers, and the last part of the question is what I want to get to. You know, I discussed with you, you know, will fintech acquisition keep doing more SPAC IPOs? But the question out there is, you know, with all the changes, will there be more or fewer offerings in the future, maybe from, you know, some of your peers and some of these smaller companies? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have a very good crystal ball. <laughs> I wish I did in much better shape. Uh, but if we take a look at past cycles, Chris, uh, and that's maybe uh, a good way to learn. Uh, you know, the SPAC was very attractive in the early 90s when we had a bit of a, a recession. Companies got into trouble. They couldn't access capital in the way they had accessed it before. Uh, and so another solution had to be found. One you, 
you know, I'll say it this way and, and give you credit that I think the the companies that have done, uh, you know, numerous SPAC deals and have done them well will continue to launch new SPACs going forward and, you know, will stay in the game. And maybe some of the smaller players or the ones that haven't been as successful, you know, may head for the exits with some of the changes. That's just my personal opinion. Um, well, I'm adopting it right now. Uh, there, <laughs> there we go. Yep. Awesome. And then our next question here from uh, John Doe in the chat. What is Betsy's view on the future of digital wallets? So, you know, another trending item, digital wallets. What are your thoughts there? Well, you know, as people become more comfortable with the use of digital currency, there's no reason for them to say multiple of digital currencies should not remain in the same place. And that's all that a digital wallet is, is a roll up into a single place of a number of choices and opportunities and ways to pay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And then we have a question here uh, from Zobgeo uh, talking a lot about eToro. So I know you can't dive into the specifics but what does the timeline kind of look like for getting the eToro merger done? What quarter could we be looking at? And could any changes be made you know, regarding the, the new warrant reclassification? As you said, when you opened the question, I cannot comment on it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We we always try to get, you know, a little bit, but we don't want to get you in trouble. So, you know, that's a perfectly fine answer. And, and then last question from the chat here, we've got here on Mark. So, you know, I talked a little bit to you, Betsy, about, you know, what are some of the things you look for in, in a target company? But the question kind of expands and says, you know, uh, what is the path to selecting a company? Do they start with several targets and begin discussions with them? Or do they typically develop a pecking order and just ask the top of the list? So maybe, you know, what's the behind the scenes look like, um, you know, when a SPAC first, uh, you know, is offered in targeting some of these companies? Well, you know, we, I come from a, a long background in the area in which I think I know something about. And so uh, maybe the way in which I approach it is different from the way that others do. But I feel that I can, uh, I have my ear to the ground, so to speak, and can reach out to people whom I've known over a very long period of time uh, and been able to watch grow the companies that they're involved with. And uh, so, I think I really uh, try to identify companies that appear to me to be ready, sometimes on closer investigation that doesn't prove to be the case, but certainly uh, that's what I'm always looking for. Awesome. And then I did say that was going to be the last one from the chat, but I just saw another great question from the chat uh, from Mike casa here uh, i'm not sure if you you know uh can answer that this but the question is what was the first stock that you ever bought uh you know any insight there the first stock that you bought this goes back very long <laughs> well let me answer it a little bit differently and tell you that um i gave to both of my sons for the their 13th birthday, several shares of Apple. 
That's an awesome answer. Yeah. And of course, we we enjoyed having Daniel on the show not too long ago. Um, so awesome to hear that. Uh, Betsy, before we let you go, one last question here from me. You, you know, I've read several articles on you and obviously, you know, your your experience in the fintech space. It looks like you have no plans to retire. So my question is, you know, what keeps you going in, in the fintech world and, you know, involved after all these years? I think that I come to this at a time of enormous excitement and innovation. And I love, I love my companies, uh, as you can see, and I love learning about new companies and their approaches. So when that ceases to be of interest, I'm on to something else. Awesome. Well, Betsy, we want to thank you so much for your time. So guys, again, Betsy Cohen, you know, the founder of the Bank Corp, that's ticker TBBK, and has completed several SPAC deals, more SPAC deals pending, and more SPACs still searching for targets. All those tickers should have been up on the screen during this great interview. So, you know, again, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on the show. We, we have such respect for you. You are a legend in the SPAC world. And as I said, you know, a member of the SPACs attack, SPAC Hall of Fame, you know, with all these deals that you've done. So thank you so much, Betsy. Well, thank you both for uh, in asking me to join you. Of course, thank of you. course. What thank a you so much. Looking to have you back. Terrific. I'm coming. <laughs> okay, we'll see you again then. Thank you. All right, guys. As you guys heard it first here, like we do on SPACs Attack, getting to the interviews that everyone wants to hear from. I know everybody's question right now is probably towards eToro. What is going on, eToro? When are we going back up? And, and one of the things that we, we got there was, you know, this is the company that's going to take a little bit of time down here. So one of the things is there's hype always at the beginning of a stock when it gets that announcement. Look for this is your time when you can start getting it at a discount price. When you can start looking at what what is the bottom, what when can I get it at a good rate? I think right now it's it's definitely starting to look attractive as we're down closer towards that eleven pricing. Yeah, definitely. And it looks like the the chat loved this interview. Mitch, I'm seeing uh, Jason Raznick joining us in the chat, you know, talking about Betsy being a, a legend here. And, you know, yeah, eToro was, you know, the majority of the, the questions in the chat. So it looks like there's a lot of excitement around that deal. Um, you know, FTCV. Remember that one when the deal was first announced, the valuation was questioned a little bit. But to me, this is a high growth company with several catalysts. So you heard Betsy say, you know, a couple tailwinds coming and that question there about, you know, the U.S. growth with the stock uh, offerings and then also, you know, crypto, a huge part of their platform. So to me, I, I, I agree, Mitch. I think that eToro deal is very exciting, you know, going forward and you have the opportunity to maybe get in now, um, you know, ahead of some of that growth. So, you know, and, and guys, hopefully you all love this interview. Smash the like if you have not already. Uh, share this interview with your friends. This is a legend in the SPAC game. You, you know, we've been trying to get as many CEOs on the show of some of these companies going public. But you just heard from, from one of the people, you know, who's been in fintech, you, you know, a very long time, such knowledge that she has. And, and she's completed, you know, a ton of SPAC deals. So we got to hear from her, not just on one ticker, but but multiple tickers you know, and what the growth looks like, you know, for SPACs ahead. So I, you know, I, I'm excited that, that we got to get this done, Mitch. 
Hey, like always, you know, one of the things that we do is we reach out to the top. And one of the things that we're about is you guys out there. At the end of the day, this show wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for you guys out there. So definitely, definitely. We read your question. That's what it's about. So one of the things that we always do, guys, is we always put up posts. Let us know in the comments below. Who do you want to see next? What questions do you want asked? We'll definitely take a look and get back to you. One of the things that you'll see in our comments is we definitely reply to them. So definitely take the time, guys. Let us know what spec you want us going after. We'll definitely go ahead and reach out to their uh, management team. And I know Zoltan in the chat will be working hard to get them on the show. I'm seeing a super sticker out there, Mitch, from Internet Enforcers, of course, who we were able to get to one of his questions, uh, you know, thanking us for this interview. Who's next? Uh, as far as I know, our next interview this week is Friday with Lie Cycle. That's PDAC um, is the ticker uh, talking about, you know, recycling batteries and what's ahead for some of these EV uh, players. So, you know, as we look for the electric vehicle market to expand, we need to get that technology to be able to recycle batteries and get the minerals out of there to be able to reuse them. So we have LiCycle coming on Friday to, you know, discuss more of what's next. But yeah, let us know who else you want to see on the show. Uh, I'm seeing IPOE mentioned in there. That one is hopefully in the works. Um, but we've got lots of surprises coming, some more big names in, in SPACs, including someone who, who also has done, you know, more than one deal. So super excited, uh, you know, for the times ahead. Yep. Like it says here right below me, guys, definitely, definitely hit the subscribe and share button. Definitely let everybody know about this interview. You know, one of the things is we want to get this out to as many people so they can go ahead and see what's going on with a lot of these SPACs. It's not just one. Like we mentioned, guys, we got Payoneer, Metro Mile. There's so many. I, I can't even get through it. I mean, after nine SPACs, how could she not be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, <laughs> You're talking about right here. Like I got to say it in the chat. I didn't want to do what she was on. You're talking about the Don here, probably. Someone Spax said. Here. Someone said the Warren Buffett of Spacs, and I, I love I that one. That. I love that I like one that. because at the end of the day, you're talking about someone that knows value. Yeah, knows value, and and, and when you co compare Warren Buffett, I mean, you're the the, the master of value. She just said it herself. She could yeah. do it in two years. Uh, exactly. Warren, what's going love, on, man? I love that comment. Like, I can get a deal done in two years. And yeah, not just a legend in SPACs, but all of fintech, Mitch. Like, this is someone who knows. And fintech is growing massively, right? Uh, blockchain, crypto, digital wallets. This is someone who's seen the growth, you know, of this market over the last decades. And, and she, you know, is all about capturing trends and growth ahead. So, you know, to me, that that's awesome. Uh, I saw an interesting comment here, too, from Cole Mitch. Uh, CNBC who? Great interview. Chris and Mitch are better interviewers than any anchor on CNBC. Cole, thank you. Uh, appreciate that comment. You know, we, we try to do our best with these interviews. You know, Mitch and I bring, you know, the questions that we think are relevant and important to everyone. And, and then also we bring the questions from the chat, guys, right? So remember that during any interview, drop a question in the chat. We try to do our best to get through, get to as many as possible, as long as they're, you know, relevant and appropriate questions. You know, we don't shy away from much, um, you know, we want to get the, the questions answered. So, you know, thank you to all who asked the questions today. Shout out to Zoli. He's in the chat typing away, you know, for bringing us these great guests to interview. Shout out to Jason Raznick, that super sticker out there. As Jason said, you know, smash the like, hit subscribe. Let's keep these guests coming on to these shows. 
not just our show, but all the great Benzinga video content we have out there. They want to see this fan engagement that we have. So again, guys, it's all about you guys, our raving fans. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and let's get into everybody's favorite time. Let's get into a little bit of our watch list. Let's talk. Let's talk about what's moving out there. What are the best specs? What do we? What do we see moving? What What is potentially out there right now? Stick with us, guys. Go ahead, and we'll get to the watch list. Yeah, every time. <laughs> You guys already know. I love that song a little too much. All right, let's keep going. So one of the things is I'm going to run through really quickly top movers, and then Chris is going to talk about some specifically here. So top movers of the day right now, I'm having some mud action going on. Of course, SEH got that deal. Let's see if it can get through the 1050s today. That would be a good-looking move there if SEH can start moving through there. It's at the 40s. I would love to see it get through the 1050 area. MP Materials, one of the ones that I'm definitely keeping a close eye on. It's on near support, near support. Support. Let's see if it breaks support or gets a run back up. That'll be definitely one to keep your eyes on. And, and of course, TSIA. I know a lot of people are saying let's not get let's not get those uh, Chamath specs. But I mean, at the end of the day, this one this one was in such favor at the early beginning. It's hanging out at that 1030, seeing a little bit of volume. Might not be a bad risk to return there on that TSIA. Um, the only one, the only other one I'd mentioned to keep an eye on, and I don't know why it's coming to me, but I think Red Ball is going to figure out a sports team to grab. I, I think don't 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 look back when you see a, a nice sports team gr get grabbed up by Red Ball. I keep this one on radar. This one's at nine ninety nine. Definitely good to risk reward there in Red Ball. All right, Chris, what else do you see out there? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that Red Ball comment for a minute, Mitch. You know, we just saw Endeavor go public, right? The owner of the UFC and some sports media assets. And then also, I know you talked about uh, on Money Mitch, one of the nights, uh, a conversation we had about Formula One, right? The, the growth of Formula One here in the US, a, a great global brand, getting some more awareness here. There are not a ton of ways to publicly play sports teams and sports leagues, but you saw the demand of Endeavor, right, for UFC. So to me, I agree with Mitch. If Red Ball gets a sports team, which I think they will, uh, you know, again, just my opinion, uh, I, I think this one goes higher because people want to own sports teams, right? They want to be invested in it. It's the same way with sports betting. If you bet on a sport contest, you're more likely to watch the event. You're more likely to follow along with the event. So if you invest in a sports team, you're more likely to become a fan of that team, to, to you know, buy their merchandise, follow along. So to me, you know, that, that fan engagement with sports teams is huge. And, and I think Red Ball gets a deal done for a sports team. SEAH is another one that, that I own options in. I think we get higher on that. It's a global sports betting brand, but they're going to grow in the U.S., S-E-A-H. Uh, Daryl asking Red Ball. Red Ball, the ticker is R-B-A-C up on screen right now. Mitch, the other one I'll just hit on, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but we got to talk a little bit about CCIV. Um, you know, Churchill Capital, I, I do still own shares. And, you know, one of the questions out there asked so much, right, is should I buy CCIV? And what I would say is if you're not in CCIV, I would wait. So we actually saw shares break below $20 again today. I think they're going to go lower. Um, and I would be a buyer, you know, again, if I wasn't in it. 
at a lower price point, you know, closer to, you know, maybe 18. I'll let Mitch show the, explain the chart in a minute. But for me, the story with CCIV, right, is that they, they don't have production or delivery right now. You're, you're waiting for some of the catalyst to take effect. So unless if they announce a large partnership with a company, you know, like Apple, which is a rumor, of course, I just don't see this one, you know, moving significantly higher over the near term. I think this is a wait and see, a buy and hold approach. But to me, I think shares can go lower. What do you think, uh, you know, on that chart, Mitch? I think you're muted. It, it took a while, but you're finally muted today. Dude, I, I swear every day I try to get better. You try almost to get 2%, two percent better almost every day, guys. The whole guys. show, the whole better. show. All right, guys, we're working hard, building, building. But CCIV guys here, one of the things that I talked about was when we when were we gonna get this 20 crack? And that was before we got this move right here, guys. And so we cracked down, and what was the low, right? We made a move towards a low of 1762. So what was the close here? The close was 1989. And so one of the things that I want to say is that little wick down, let's see if it can hold that pull back here. So one of the things we're coming back towards that 20 hold dollar, if we can hold 20, I would stay bullish on this chart. And I could think it could get right back towards that 24 and get back up there towards the 32s and see if we can start testing this gap down, which we all know came from the news announcement. And, and, and really, it's a it's a big gap, 56 there all the way down to 36. So that's really what I want to see tested. Now, if we do break 20, where can we stop? That's when I would go ahead up and, and let this one come back down to a lower support test. So if we tested support, here by the 17s, right? We want to go ahead up and, and see where's the next support and where could it go to? So we're going off of this dates right here, these January dates. Where's the next support? I think 1601 would be the next move. And then from there, it would be all the way down towards 1308. So look for that move. Maybe we get a move if it breaks down through 20 to get to 16. I say you have to really pay attention today. Big, big day line in the sand. If it can get back up, through 20s, then it starts looking bullish again. But hey, if it cracks at 20, it can definitely be heading towards that support and maybe the next support down. All right, that's going to do it for us. That's going to do it for us on CCIV. We're going to be wrapping up here. Let's let's go ahead and take one SPAC, one SPAC in the, from the chat. Anybody got one that's just on their radar? They just feel like it's coming, coming to fruition here. What, what's on your radar out there, guys? I want to go through one SPAC that you guys feel is definitely going to move in the next, let's say, week. And while we're waiting on that one from the chat, I will say, guys, stay tuned. Power Hour coming up next. I know they have the CEO of TRXAID Group. That ticker is M-E-D-S. So as I said, it's not just our show, but a lot of the shows out here with Benzinga getting these exclusive CEO interviews. So stay tuned for that. Well, what's the ticker? Did we, did we find one, Mitch? Yep, I'm going to bring one in here. I'm going to go with FRX. FRX, I think it's a good one to talk about. It was on my radar a little bit, so uh, I'll go with that one. W what do you think, Chris, before I say what I got to think? Yeah, FRX. So I own a small position in this one. I did sell out a part of my stake. So this is the one, right, bringing Beachbody Public and also MyX Fitness, which could be a Peloton competitor. You know, not a lot of news out there, but over the weekend, the the CEO, it looks like, was interviewed on a large YouTube network. I don't know if I want to say the name out there, um, 
but interesting to see if they can compete with uh, Peloton and, and also grow, you know, that Beachbody brand, you know, with the at-home fitness trend. So I do still own a position and I plan on keeping it right now um, because I, I think it could be, you know, a good deal further down, but just not completely sold on this one. All right. Well, I'll tell you right now, Chris, I got I got to get to working on that beach body. <laughs> I got to get to working on that beach body. Should that be our next show that we do? Mitch, Mitch and Chris uh, workout videos? I, I, I don't know, man, but I'll tell you right now. I mean, the summertime's coming, right? If there's any time I think you'll see a pop in this stock, it might be towards that summertime seasonal play here. Who knows? We start seeing maybe some good results coming from beach body. Maybe their app starts getting downloaded a little bit more because you're going into that summer month. People want to go back to the gym. People are getting the vaccine. Like I'm, I'm starting to think, all right, all right, now I can go back to a gym. You know, because before I, I wasn't going to go to the gym. I, I'll tell you right now, you, you weren't going to find me in a gym yep. trying to work out because I was going to get COVID. Not that just wasn't going to happen. But now it's a possibility for me. And, and one of the things that you're going to start seeing is just just I, I think people are really, really going to start worrying about their body. Uh, one of the things that happened in the pandemic. I don't know about you, Chris, but I had one too many cinnamon rolls. Yeah, and I, I need that. to get back to work. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a look and, and who knows, but we'll see. Yeah. Like Kruka said, we all got that pandemic gut. <laughs> we got to get to work. <laughs> the, the, the fiance already telling me, you remember those times we used to look in college, you know, oh, the man. college days bringing out them pictures. Oh man. Oh, you know how it is. You know how it is when, when we just met <laughs> them and, and we were looking all clean, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Hey, Hey, give give a thumbs up, guys, if you definitely like the show and you enjoy us because we definitely enjoy hanging out with you guys, our community, our SPAC community. So give us a thumbs up. If you like interviews like you see over my shoulder right here, Betsy Cohen, and, and we're going to do more and more. So definitely stick with us, guys. Hit that subscribe down below. Hit the share. Let everybody know where the best SPACs attack show is in the world. And we'll be wrapping up here. Chris, anything else? That's it, guys. Stay tuned for Power Hour, and we'll catch you tomorrow at 11 a.m. SPACs attack. Boom, baby.